0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry and once again I'm joined by the Daily Record sports writer Andy Newport, Sunday Mail chief football writer Scott McDermott and I'm delighted to welcome this week's special guest Ian Murray. Uh, We'll be picking over the bones of the Rangers 2-1 win over Hibbs at the weekend. Ian Murray of course had two spells at Easter Road, either side of his two years at Ibrooks, and also the stint at Norwich City after he left Govan. Cap six times for Scotland. Ian has moved into management since hanging up his boots and is currently in charge of Airdrie, who are just three points off top spot in League One. Ian, that's not a bad CV. You'd think I was your agent. How, how are you going? Uh, how are you doing? It's going well this season, yeah?
1: Yeah, I'm going. I'm doing well, thanks. Um, yeah, it's been a, a wee bit slow start for us, but the last sort of, you know, five, six weeks we've kicked on a wee bit. Um, loads of different circumstances for that, but I'm um, really happy with the first quarter to, to be where we are, um, now just looking to try and improve and see if we can get to that top spot at some point, and hopefully uh, it's May. Great.
0: And uh, as I said, two of your former clubs in action on Sunday there, there was one major talking point that came out of the game, that tackle from Ryan Portis and Joe Ebo in the half hour mark, a straight red card from referee. He appealed it, he lost his appeal earlier. Everybody seems to have had their say. What was your take on him?
1: Um I didn't see the game live. I was I was actually at Furhill uh watching Queen's Park Montrose, but I watched the game back in full. Um and obviously I watched the red card um, you know, a few times, like everyone else at the time, you know, from the referees sort of uh, view. Um didn't see a lot wrong with it when I first, you know, if I was in the referee's position or where the, where the main camera was. And I thought, um, you know, that looked a wee bit harsh. But when I seen it from the other angles, uh, particularly behind the goals, I felt the more I've watched it, um, to me, there was not much of a case uh, to, you know, for him to defend. It's a red card.
0: Yeah, I think it's funny you say that because that was very similar to what Jack Ross said after the game that once he'd viewed it back, he could see that it was a red card but what he was maybe scratching his head at was how did the referee know it was a straight red from that position?
1: Yeah, I know. You know, You that's what I thought and I, I looked at the linesman on the, the stand side as well um, of the incident he didn't seem too flustered by anything that had gone on almost like he was getting on with the game Again, we don't know what's been said through the mics. Um, the, the only thing that maybe, maybe I, w- I could have I been critical of the referee was, and every referee does it. He was very, very quick to get himself over there and very mm-hmm. quick to bring out the card. I don't see the necessary in doing that. I think you know, the referees just it could be the same outcome, completely the same outcome, and, and it was a red card in my opinion. But yeah. it was all very, very quick, which sometimes just adds to the whole. Situation of the game, you know the the cauldron that you're in at that moment. Him sort of running away from home at Ibrox, it's getting really tasty and it's getting really tight. um, And that's an opportunity, sometimes just to calm it down a little bit.
2: Yeah, Ian, do you think there's a an element that people nowadays they're still in their head they're thinking back five, six years ago and how the laws were, you know, implemented then and and how they were interpreted back then. And people have got to sort of realise that the, the new interpretation means that if you go in feet off the ground, if you go in with force, does it matter if you make contact? Does not matter if you take the ball or not? The referees are always going to sort of clamp down in that.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, obviously when I played, I liked to tackle and I was aggressive and robust and, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, you know, perhaps I would have struggled, you know, moving with the times playing at the moment or certainly with, with the tackles. Um, the, the bottom line for me is... Um, it's a poor tackle, you know, because you've gone over the ball. I, I, I struggle to actually comprehend how you can go over the ball. I just don't, is it, I don't, I'm not in Ryan's shoes, so maybe he he knows more than any of us. Did he take his eye off the ball? Maybe. Did he think he was going to get done? Maybe. I, I, I just don't know. But, I mean, his foot never hit the ball. It was, it was his calf. Um, and that tells you one thing, he's gone over the ball.
0: I found a quote from you, Ian, before talking about Ryan Porter's here. He says, Well, if he could read the game a little better, which would help cut out the rashness, then I see no reason why he couldn't go on to play in the English Premier League someday. Obviously, this rashness is still continuing. Are you surprised he hasn't cut out his game because he's been involved? Stephen Gerrard actually highlighted them himself. He's been involved in two previous with Rangers alone with Santa Kulabalia way back in 2018 and then I think we set off for one on Borna Barisic so it keeps happening is it a, do um, you think he's going to do you think he'll ever learn?
1: I think he will I mean first and foremost Ryan's a really good player mm-hmm. he, you know he went along to Edinburgh City younger days done really well he's been great for Hibs he's, he's a really really good player he's just prone to that wee bit of concentration lapse I think more than anything else mm-hmm. I don't think you know I know he's described as a hardship man by by Chris Collins and I don't think he is. I think he's very aggressive um, and I think he can certainly brush up on reading of the game. And I don't think so, even. <laughs> some days are hard to defend in, in terms of going back to reading the game because he was there. He read the game. He was actually there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just went in really, really aggressive. Um, you know, I think there's been eight league games this season and he's been cautioned or sent off in five of them. It's quite a lot. You know, you're over 50%. Um, which sometimes it could be descent, it could be diving, it could be whatever it is, but that's a stat. You know, it's five out of eight games and you're going to get suspended as simple as that. And those tally up over the, the season. Um, and I think he's only been sent off um, twice in his career, um, which doesn't sound a lot, but we live in, we live in this season. And, you know, I, I just think it's a lot of games to be cautioned in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he needs to learn pretty quickly. And I'm sure he will because, as I said, the bottom
3: line is a good player. Yeah. did, I mean, did you play with anybody like that you know, a young player who was you know, quite rash, full of enthusiasm? You, know, you almost need to kind of curb that. I mean, how, how do you know, the senior pros at Hibs will be having a word with him and saying, listen, you're costing us here, you're costing yourself, you're going to hold yourself back? Um, I think privately they will, yeah. I think the club had
1: to come out and defend the player you know, of course, and the supporters needed you know, wanted to see that and hear that as well. Um, but I think, you know, s- senior players, certainly, you know, you're David Gray's who's on the coaching staff, Darren McGregor, the manager, of course, as well, and John Potter, who's a centre-half assistant manager. Um, there's a way to do it. There's a way to tackle. There's a way to be aggressive. There's a way to be robust. As I said, I just think looking at that one more and more over the weekend... I find it hard to defend the player. Um, if it was my player, I would um, initially have been really disappointed with the decision. Absolutely. But like Jack said, once I'd seen it back, I would have been more disappointed in the player than anything else.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, what about the game itself? Ian, how much... I mean, your hips obviously started well. You, you touched on earlier there that you may, you may be a, a bit of a slow start yourself. And so has Stephen Gerrard, you know, with the issues and COVID and, you know, we all live in such strange times. Have you been surprised, generally, at how slow Rangers have started this season? And in terms of Sunday's game in particular, how much of an impact do you think the red card had, given that Hibs were leading through that Nisbet header?
1: Um, I think it had a big impact on the game. I know it's always hard going to Ibrox, but for Hibs to get the goal so early um, gave them a great opportunity to go and get another one at some point in the game, especially with Boyle up front with Nisbet, and Nisbet scoring and playing playing okay. Um, mm-hmm. been a little bit of a poor run so I think it you know completely changed the game, um, you know you're an hour at Ibrox with, with 10 men it's hard enough, at the best of times with a living, you're a goal up you're probably as manager looking to get to half time being 1-0 up, regrouping reorganising and then suddenly it's all just blew up and it's changed I think Hibs done really well um, to contain Rangers in the manner they did because they obviously had a lot of possession in the game and Hibs have done really well this season. They're playing, they're playing really well. Um, you know, Rangers' slow start, we could say that, but I think that sometimes comes. You know, I wouldn't say resting on the laurels of the players because they've had a really tough schedule in Europe. Uh, Celtic are obviously taking a little bit of a, you know, disappointing season at the moment, and catches up with. You. I think Rangers probably look at Celtic and see how quickly this can change because I think we all saw the decline of Celtic happening over a few months. Slowly but surely, and then suddenly it just came to a complete halt, if you like. And yeah. suddenly Rangers caught them. So I think Stephen will be very wary of that. He's got really good players, but on the flip side, we know it can change when they're on form. They're
0: brilliant. Yeah. Do you think that was why his reaction? You know, he, he, the way he celebrated on Sunday was. You know, he's only done it on a few occasions. Do you think that's why? Do you think he just knew how big that was to get that result? Yeah, I think
1: so. I think he did. I think it's um, you know it's a huge game. You know it's a top of the table clash if you like, um, mm-hmm. and they were one 0 down at one point half time. You know, try to find that winner. He's probably delighted with the points first and foremost, but secondly the way that his team managed to keep going, because there had been a point in that game definitely before they scored that he was thinking it might be one of these days, mm-hmm. and it would have been a huge dent to Rangers' confidence. I wouldn't, yeah. say, I wouldn't say title hopes, because it was only one game, but confidence-wise, yeah. Yeah. plus coming off the back of the game on Thursday, it's an incredibly hard thing to do, go Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, and keep picking up points.
2: Ian, there was um, some comments from the manager after that splatter game you, you referred to there, where he spoke about the fact that the club haven't really invested you know, any sort of meaningful sums in the squad the last, the last year or two. I mean... The fact that the manager has, has chosen to, to put that out there himself, he wasn't really even prompted in that subject. Do you think that is a, a sign of the, some of the frustrations, though, that he has been going through this season, that you know the club isn't perhaps going forward at the, the rate he would like?
1: Yeah, my, when I read that, my first my first thoughts were, I was really surprised, I have to say, but also understood what probably he was trying to do, was just getting his little bit of frustration out. I think that comes with a situation of a red card on the Thursday night for his team, the COVID where he's had to, you know, mix and match his players and possibly his own career where he's came from because, um, you know, he he always wanted to get better, he always wanted to progress and I think that the rate that they have progressed, you know, if it doesn't keep going at that same rate, it can be really, really frustrating for everybody. So I think he was just venting his wee, you know, a wee wee bit frustration and and a a wee uh, shot fired maybe.
0: Because I see some people interpreted it as that, that he's three years down the line as a manager, he delivered the league, which was the most important thing, and that people thought maybe this is the start of the kind of long goodbye now, you know, like he's maybe gone as far as he can and, you know, both parties have been served their purpose. Do you think, is that reading too much into it?
1: Um, I think so. I think, you know, he's done exceptionally well, done brilliant. Um, him and his, his whole coaching staff delivering the league um, being you know in, in Europe and competitive in Europe I think um, to be on, on the side of maybe a different mentality is I wouldn't say anybody come in the league once but Rangers if he backed up with a second successive league maybe that would have changed my view I think if he gets another one under his belt two, a double, two in a row then it might be him saying I've, had, I've done enough, I've had enough he might need a break um, but I don't. I didn't see it as a as a start of a goodbye. Um, I just seen it as somebody who was a little bit frustrated of yeah. uh, in his squad and, and wanted to progress
3: him. Yeah. I mean, see, as players. You no, know, you're a player at Rangers. You've been there. You know, how important is performances? You no, know, as opposed to winning games. Because I mean, Gav's saying Rangers have a slow start, but I mean, they're sitting top of the league. So I mean. As a player, see me. you're not playing so well, but you're still winning, does that Does that bother you? No, that must make you feel feel great. I mean, how do you find that kind of balance? I think as a player, you're not too fussy
1: how you win the game. Yeah. Um, as a manager, you are sometimes. You want to play good stuff and you want to win to nil. You want to keep clean sheets. As a player, it's about winning Winning the match. If you score in the last minute, it was an on-goal penalty, whatever. It's not a big deal. I think supporters can change quite quickly. Before, for Rangers, it was all about winning the league. You know, They were desperate to win the league. Now it's about winning the league and playing really, really well. So with success, um, it sometimes makes it harder. So I think that's maybe a frustration at the moment of Rangers fans, but I, I wouldn't see it as a, a huge frustration for the players. Um, and I'm, I'm sure they will get it going again because, like I said, when they're on their game um, and playing and passing the ball about, they're, they're, they've improved so much in the last two three years.
3: Yeah. Is, it, is it quite ominous for the rest of the league that, as I say, we're sitting here thinking they've not really played well for a full 90 minutes yet and they're still, they're still top of the league? I mean, as you say, if they do kick, click into gear shortly, then that, that'll be a worry for everybody else.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, there is teams doing really well. You know, Hibs and Hearts are doing great. Uh, I not Hibs will be disappointed, but they're, they're up there challenging. Hearts are on a fantastic run. Dungeon United are doing fine. Motherwell, well, we're on a great run until the weekend. But I think this season, in in the league in general, I mean it's very early on, but we're seeing a big gulf, um, you know from you know bottom two three, if you like, to the top two and three, which is not that normal. It normally takes a bit longer to sort itself out, um, and I think obviously Celtic's, you know, all the stuff going on there, is, is allowed Rangers a wee step on them at the moment. Again, it can change very quickly. In reality, I don't see change in this season. Um, but certainly next season, I think it will be a, a different challenge completely.
0: You
2: know, in one sense, is, is this year perhaps even more important to Rangers than last year? I mean, it was winning the league for the first time a decade was was a huge thing for the club, especially it was stopping ten in a row. But when you consider financially what this year's worth in terms of guaranteed entry to the Champions League and you know the ability to close that gap financially on Celtic and, and really put the club back in the black, is is, is this get the potential to be? more you know more you know important in the years going forward in order to get rangers back consistently to where they want to be
1: i think so i think obviously rangers want to be in champions league every single year it's a great opportunity this season for for two scottish clubs to get in you know at least into the playoff um for it and felt was down to the europa league and the i can't remember the another cup um uh,
0: <laughs> the yeah <conscience>. so, well, <laughs> the conference. Guy.
1: so you know, that's where Rangers need to be. It's, it's financially such a huge gulf if you're not in it, uh, to being in it. Uh, it's massive. And again, it just comes with e- expectancy. Um, once you do it once or so win the league, you want to try and get into the, uh, the Champions League. And it's the, same, it's the same as Celtic. You know, they were in it for years and suddenly they're not in it. And it's, it's, it just deflates people as well, deflates the supporters. And obviously the income uh, for the club is massive.
0: Michael Beale had a wee pop at uh, somebody online um, say at the weekend after the game just saying support the team, you need to get behind the team because obviously there was grumblings when Rangers were kind of one down. How tough did you find that environment? Because we know what it's like at Rangers and Celtic, you know, that need to win every game. Did you find that that demand hard to adjust to?
1: Um, It was harder. It wasn't, you know, it was expected. I mean, obviously it may be different for me because I grew up in Scotland and, you know, played against Rangers and played at Ibrox maybe for the foreign guys it could be slightly different Um, there is an expectancy, there is a demand, there's no question and like I say, as long as you win um, they're normally quite happy Um, but I can get the frustrations of the staff because I think they'll look at the record that they've got there um, and how they've progressed and won the league You know, back into Europe, signed some really good players kind of out of nowhere as well, so the recruitment's been great so they probably feel that they're due a little bit back in terms of when things are maybe not quite going their way or yeah. not quite hitting form. That's when they need the, the understanding, if you like, of the fans. Because um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that they'll understand that the fans want to win the games. But I've said it for a long time, um, not to patronise people, but the clues in the title, you, who do you support? You support Rangers Celtic, Cubs of Hearts. That's what you do. You support them. Not, not the other way around. It's, for me, it's quite simple. In
3: terms of the title, Ian, talking about the league, the gap and stuff, there's a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks about whether Hearts or Hibs could actually go and challenge Rangers or Celtic at the top. I mean, do you think there's a genuine or any genuine chance of that happening this season? And if no, why no? Because it looks as if Hibs and Hearts, they did have a bit of belief that they they, they could go and sustain some kind of challenge at the top. Yeah, um, I'm,
1: It's a it's a sort of tough question. I think um, I'm not I, I know more about Hibs than I do about Hearts. Quite frankly, um, I think um, for Hibs and Hearts to compete, it's very difficult. It's really difficult in terms of budgets. And again, I'm not I don't have knowledge of what the budgets are, but I'm pretty sure they're less than Rangers and Celtic. What I do think, and what I've seen, is I think they can finish above Celtic. What I've seen. That's not to be disrespectful to Celtic in any way because I actually think Celtic will come good in the end, in the next 18 months. Um, it would be great if they could go and challenge, but I just think they drop too many silly points. Um, again, that just comes down to my opinion of Rangers have the best players, they have the best squad, and they will produce more consistently than Hibs and Hearts will. But um, both teams have done really well. They've They've started really well. I think Hibs will be. When you look at Hibs bench, for example, they will be you look at it and say, is that strong enough to go and challenge for the Premier League? In my opinion, it's not, and I'm sure uh, Jacks, you know, would have liked a better transfer window. I look at the Hearts bench and say it's maybe slightly stronger, but I just think when it
3: comes right down to the crunch, um, the Rangers have got the best squad. Stephen, see you were at Hibs. Did you? Was there ever a season where you genuinely felt we can actually go and challenge for a? a title here and if so, did you look around the dressing room and get the same vibe or were you disappointed, maybe looking at a few guys and think they don't actually believe in this?
1: I think um I think it was John Hughes's first season. We started incredibly well. That's I right. think around Christmas we were um top of the league. We had we had the Rangers at Easter Road either on Boxing Day or um New Year's Day and we I think we or it was neck and neck. And I think we scored inside a minute. That's well. right.
0: Anthony Stokes, no?
1: Stokes, yes. Oh, I remember
0: that. That's right.
1: I think if we'd won that game, it would have given yeah. us a huge amount of belief. We actually lost the game. It was maybe 4-2 or something like that.
0: That's
1: um, right. Incredible belief. Um, And I think the other time was McLeish. We also went to Ibrox and Boxing Day. I think we were two points off the top. And we lost 1-0. We had a great squad. But so the Rangers. You know, they had the yeah. boars and all that. Um, so that's probably the only time, because you know you know, consistency levels need to be so high to win leagues. Cups are different. You can go and win a cup. Yeah. But to, to win the league, you need to be so tight, um, dig out the 1-0s the away from home midweek games where you're not quite playing that well, getting the win. And I just feel squad-wise, um, Hibs and Hearts will be a wee bit short on that. But I still think they've got a heck of a chance... Uh, of fighting for that uh, second spot, which, again, if they could get into those Champions League qualifiers, it would be a
0: remarkable achievement for them both. Because I was going to say, Ian, I mean, it's, re- it's rare that that happens, um, but I think your first season at Rangers, that happened, didn't it, where Hearts picked yeah. Rangers to second spot, yeah. and they got the Champions League, obviously, when Roman off was spending all the money. So every now and again, maybe you just get a season where one of them is really off the boil, and you think, that could be Celtic's turn possibly this
1: season. Yeah, I just, I just think when I look at how many points they've dropped, you know, I think, as I say, I, I really like the way they're trying to play. I, I think the manager will be really good. I just hope he gets enough time because mm-hmm. um, the way he's set his team up's great, he just maybe needs a few players. Yeah, but you, you do get these seasons. The, the problem with Hibs, and it's a problem for all teams in Scotland to extend, but the problem for Hibs and Hearts is when they do well, the players leave. You know, because
2: people mm-hmm. come
1: calling. So I wouldn't say you're a, a one-season wonder, if you like, but it's to sustain it. It's so, it must be incredibly, incredibly hard. I mean, goodness knows what Hems would have done if they'd lost Boyle to Aberdeen, for example, if they'd lost mm-hmm. bit, if they lost lost Porteous.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: What would they have done? I don't know, but they may have had backup plans. Um, but, you know, they had big dodge out in as well. It's, it's been tough for Hems as well.
0: Yeah, so when you look back on that, Rangers season 5 Yeah. Uh, was it just really everything went wrong? Paul Gwen was coming in at the end, wasn't it? Did it just go wrong and Hart's just capitalised, basically?
1: Yeah, yeah, we actually started the season fairly well. Um, actually, beat on Celtic. the first Wolfram game, no? Huh? Yeah, we beat Celtic fairly comfortably. Sure. I think that was a game when, or somebody got about three red cards in that game. I can't remember. That's right, that's right.
0: That's right. Um, that's right. one, yeah.
1: So we actually we actually started well. But we, we didn't, you know, Rangers were going to start to go through the transition at that, that time. You know, we didn't know it at that time and nobody yeah. else knew it. But that was kind of the, probably the starting point of, you know, some of the big hitters leaving, maybe not attracting the players that they, they wanted to attract. If you couple that with, with some bad form and a, a manager who was getting put under pressure. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it was a tough, tough season. Ironically, that season we were very good in Europe. We couldn't sometimes kick a ball in the domestic league, yeah. but we would go to, you know, Porto and Milan and all these teams yeah, and, yeah. and do all right.
0: Yeah,
1: that was
2: a, There was a spell. Was it ten games without? I think without a win. And that, how hard is that? In the the environment of, you know, the old firm sort of environment that 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 can't be easy.
1: Yeah, very difficult. I mean, ten games without a win in any club's difficult. When you're at Rangers, um, even more so. You know, it, it got to a point where it was. You know confidence was really low in the players um you know that and it wasn't the supporters fault but it felt down to us it was getting a wee bit nasty as well um you know after the game or one of the games i remember Falkirk. i think we we're 2-0 up you know 15 minutes to go and we somehow drew the game or 2-1-1 or something and you know we needed police to get us out of the stadium type yeah. thing um and that's when you just start to think you know things aren't great and Again, that's when you want people to come together, but it's not as always easy because people are frustrated, they're angry, they're disappointed, and we add all that in. Um, it's hard emotions to to sort of handle. But we we just when I look back at that time, we looked like a you know some really good players that the confidence had just been shocked.
0: Yeah. Great, Ian. Listen, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. But thanks very much uh, for joining us. That was a great insight yeah. to all those subjects that we covered. And we wish you well for the rest of the season. You're at Falkirk next. That you've got a week, weekend off and then Falkirk next in the league. Is that right next? Yeah, Saturday.
1: three, three weeks this week and then we're away at uh, Falkirk on Saturday. So looking forward to that one.
0: Great. Well, good luck for the rest of the season, Andy Scott. Thanks very much for joining us as always.